Hey, what's up? Hello, everybody. How we doing? I hope you are doing well. I'm doing great. Thank you for asking. Welcome back to another episode of Stream of Social Consciousness. And some of y'all about to be real mad at me, but it must be said. Niggas be gay. There are gay black people. And you have to deal with it. Y'all have to deal with it. So today on Stream of Social Consciousness, we are going to be talking about homophobia in the Black community especially. I am tired. I'm so tired of seeing homophobic rhetoric become popular in the media. Before I go any further, let me make the point clear that this is not a podcast. This is not a space for homophobes to flourish. This is not a space for y'all to come fight with me. If you want to fight with me, we could do that. Um, But I don't tolerate homophobia, transphobia. I don't tolerate it. I don't feel like that is conducive to progressing Black people. So let me get that out of the way. First, point blank, period. But anyway... I told y'all I live in New York, so we hear sounds in my neighborhood, but it's all good. I told y'all I'm going to get a comb, I'm going to block off the street, and we're going to chill. Anyway, let's jump into the topic. Homophobia in the Black community community is something that is an unfortunate truth and an unfortunate part of our community, seeing that we are one of, if not the most oppressed groups in America, and honestly... It's disappointing. It's disappointing seeing these people treat fellow members of the Black community this way, but also intentionally being dense about this treatment, justifying it through religious means, justifying it because of the Bible. I'm sick and I'm tired. So I don't really know if this episode is going to be reading y'all for filth. Uh, a rant or a call to action, but we're going to get through and we're going to talk about some things that are happening on the internet right now, namely Lil Nas X and Dave Chappelle. So first things first, I just want to know, why is it that so many straight cis black men, cisgender meaning that your biological sex assigned at birth, meaning male, female, typically male, female in the binary, align with what your societal gender would be, meaning man or woman. So that out of the way, why is it that so many straight cisgendered black men hate, and I intentionally say hate, queer black people and black women? And I have an idea as to why that is. I think it's all rooted in privilege and socialization of Black men. However, we're going to focus more so on queer Black people, homophobia, and transphobia. We have, I could do a whole series about, a whole season about why Black men hate Black women and how they treat Black women. And child, we ain't going to get into that. But I want to bring up the definition of homophobia. And the homophobia is defined as the irrational fear of aversion to or discrimination against homosexuality or homosexuals. So from after this definition, I'm mostly going to refer to like homosexuality, 
um, outside of that term, I'm going to use the terms gay, straight, lesbian, LGBTQ, queer. Um, I think homosexual and heterosexual, those words are very, um, uh, they, those words are very uh, medical. They are a very medical way to describe this experience for people. So we're going to just use the, the layman terms, all right? So it kills me every time I hear homophobic, essentially, black men say, I ain't scared of no gay people. I just don't want them around me. I just don't want them looking at me. I don't want them breathing my air. I don't want them to have rights. I don't want them to have anything. And I think it's important to note that homophobia is also the aversion and discrimination against um, gay people, queer people, LGBTQ people. And I think that that is the part that a lot of people intentionally miss to make it seem like they aren't homophobic. And one thing that I like to do um, when I'm faced with like oppressions of a group that does not, that I don't belong in, namely like queer folks, trans folks, educating myself on those experiences. But something that's helpful for me to actualize those things is by putting it in terms of like, what would it be if it were race or what would it be if it were gender? So let me put this in perspective for y'all. If a white person saw you being a nigga in the streets and they were like, uh, um, the dirty, the ghetto, they steal, they rob me. I don't want to give them a job. I don't want to give them a house. That is blatant racism. That is institutionalized racism. So let's put it back into terms of gay, straight homophobia. When you do that to gay people, it's it's homophobia. No matter how you try to flip it, dip it, split it, it's going to be homophobia, period. So I just want to put that out there that a lot of the people that I know, a lot of the people who think that they're hiding from being homophobes in the same way that white people who find the technicalities around racism are hiding from being racist, the jig is up. You are a homophobe if you are participating in these um, in these aversions and discriminations and fear also. So first thing I'm going to get into is Kevin Hart, Lil Nas X, um, and Lil Nas, Lil Nas X's appearance on The Shop. If you don't know, The Shop is a show on HBO that basically features, that is basically like a barbershop setting. They have um, varying guests and guys will talk on there like they're at the barbershop. Um, now, I feel like they set Lil Nas X up. They set my baby up so, so bad. If y'all don't know, Lil Nas X sings Old Town Road. How wouldn't you know? Lil Nas X was on the charts for, what, 20, 20 weeks straight with Old Town Road? And y'all gonna give him his things, period. But I feel like it was a setup first, before I play the clip, because Kevin Hart has a homophobic history. So why would you put this sweet uh, boy... Um, 
on this show with someone who has a homophobic history and I honestly, you know, Kevin Hart is dramatic, so he gonna do anything for the views and shit. But I feel like he was set up. Also, um, one piece of information is that Lil Nas X, upon like breaking the milestone of the um, longest charting song, longest week spent at number one with Old Town Road, he came out um, towards the end of June. He came out as gay. So they were basically discussing that. So I'm going to play the clip and then we're going to discuss it a little bit. And with all that early success, you felt it was important to make a, an announcement recently. He said he was gay, so what? Yeah, what's the point? So why the, why uh, did he cares? feel that was necessary? about who cares? That's actually my question. Why do you feel it was necessary to come out and say that? It's not that like it's like being forced. It's just like knowing like growing up, like I'm grown, I'm growing up to hate this shit. I'm not supposed to Grumpy, hey, like what? Hey, what? Hey, what? Homosexuality, gay Why? people. Come on now. Why are you going to If you're really it? from the hood, you know. You like, you know, like, it's it's, it's not some. So it's like, if for me, the the cool dude with the song on top of everything to say this, any other time, like, I'm doing this for attention in my eyes. But if you're doing this, like, while you're at the top, you know it's like for real. And it's like showing, like, it doesn't really, like, matter, I guess. Exactly, it does There it is. Okay, so we're back. In the clip, you see Kevin Hart um, talking to Lil Nas X. Um, then you also see this, I don't know who this is, y'all, please forgive me, but he looked like, <laughs> he looks like a garden gnome. And you see Kevin Hart, garden gnome, and Lil Nas X in the shop. And basically, Kevin Hart is, talk is basically saying that, asking Lil Nas X, why did you have to make it public? Why didn't you just keep it to yourself? And honestly, Kevin Hart is too short, in my opinion, to be over 90 degrees of an angle, to be that obtuse if the joke went over your head. <laughs> anyway, he, he can't be this obtuse. He can't be this, he can't miss the point this hard. Can he? It's just so frustrating seeing the way that he interacts with Lil Nas X, the faces that he makes as, as Lil Nas is talking. I do think it comes off as gaslighting. If you don't know what gaslighting is, it's that it, um, thing that people do when you express, um, when you express a grievance, you express a frustration, they make you seem like you're, you're going crazy. They make you feel like, you're stupid that you don't know what you're talking about um and i think that that is what kevin hart is doing to Lil Nas x in this moment why did you feel the need to say it um and why would you say it at that time i think uh Lil Nas gives a pretty decent explanation of his personal reasons and kevin hart isn't really trying to hear it and Honestly, I'd just like to pose a question for you all. In society today, today, oops, in society today, do you think it's necessary for people to have to come out? And I say that recognizing my privilege as a straight person and also recognizing that 
coming out is an experience that I never had to experience and would never know the, the significance to an individual of that. Um, but sit with that. What do you think about that? Let me know. I think it, from what I've gathered, is that it's up to people to decide and make these things, make these announcements on their own, at their own time, at their own pace. So what bothers me about Kevin Hart saying, oh, why did you feel the need to do it? It kind of strips away the autonomy and agency that someone who is from the LGBTQ community could have by making the decision to come out. And honestly, I hate when Black men tell queer Black people, oh, why you could have just kept that to yourself. Nobody wants to know. Because one, it does come off a bit, a bit as holish just in general, right? Like, it. <laughs> nobody told you to come out and tell me that, I don't know, you didn't have to come out and tell me that you're short, Kevin Hart. But you did, and you always do, and your and your little shows and stuff, and we let you have it. Completely not the same thing, but I think he knows why. And then Lenas X mentions like fear growing up and and hating being gay, and Kevin Hart is just like, I don't understand what you would be afraid of what. And I just, I want to thump him. I want to pinch him so bad. Because the, you can't be this dense. You can't be this stupid. And honestly, it makes me think of when people um, when people say things like, oh, why, why would you come out? Why would you, why wouldn't you keep it to yourself? Why would you be afraid? As if we don't know that people get all types of violence enacted upon them for being gay or being trans. As if we don't know. We know. And he knows. Because if he didn't know, he wouldn't talk in his segments telling his son, stop, that's gay. Oh, but you forgot about that. Okay. Anyway, it also led me to think a little bit about um, when people say, oh, I don't care if people are gay. I just don't want you to shove it down our throats. And I think that that's another point that Kevin Hart was getting at with Lil Nas. I don't know the, the Garden Gnome nigga, so uh, Garden Gnome and Kevin Hart was really trying to get at that point um, when it was when they came to talking to Lil Nas X because it's kind of like, oh, you could you could be gay, but why would you come out? Why would you share that? Why would you shove it down our throats? And honestly, it makes me think of um, locker rooms and it also makes me think of the fact that they are in a barbershop anyway. And something that I was recently educated on is that barbershops have historically been a place that gives lots of gay Black men anxiety that leads to a lot of oppression in them. I actually have an article that I read uh, called Sharing My Truth in a Black Barbershop. Per usual, it's going to be linked below. It's by David Malbranch. Um, and he talks about being in a barbershop, being gay, and what that experience was like when you hear people say something blatantly homophobic. What should you do? Um, and it also makes me think of locker rooms. It makes me think of the space and time being important. And I think that space 
is important to consider because it's not a space that Lil Nas X as a gay person, as a gay black person is ever going to be accepted in fully. And I think it's important to recognize the way that Garden Gnome and Kevin Hart have privilege in this situation and use that privilege to further gaslight and further oppress him. And honestly, it makes me think when they say things like, oh, don't shove it down our throats. Just don't hit on me. First of all, poo, girls don't even want you. So what makes you think all of a sudden that you are just so just radiating sexual energy for gay men to want you? It's not the truth, Pooh. It is not the truth. Ain't nobody checking for you. Gay, straight, whatever. Um, but one thing I did see on Twitter, if I find the tweet, I'll link it below. Someone mentioned that Black men oppress queer people and oppress women because it's their first time that they get to experience privilege in the way that white people do. And whether you agree with that or not, you have to agree with the fact that black men, and especially black straight men, have a certain degree of privilege in the black community. And for a lot of times they are irresponsible with that privilege. And I wanna go back a little bit to the article that I was mentioning. He ends up making the choice to slow the situation, insert personal anecdotes, and also kind of use the time to educate about gay, being gay, gay rights, all of the things. Um, But I want to pose a question. Is it a gay person's responsibility to educate in these spaces that make them feel uncomfortable? Was it Lil Nas's ex's responsibility? He has so many names and letters. Was it Lil Nas's responsibility to educate Kevin Hart and and the Garden Gnome Man in that space that he's already not completely 100% welcome in. And personally, I don't think so. And also, I think that it is akin to how um, white people, the expectation is that minorities are going to educate you on their lived experiences. And I think to some degree, a lot of it should come from your own personal self-study. Why are y'all so afraid to learn about these things? And it also makes me think a little bit about the, um, in Chicago, they're about to start teaching LGBTQ history in the curriculum and uproar from the black community as if black LGBTQ people do not exist. It's just a mess. So if I find those tweets, I'll link them as well. But honestly, it all goes back to this overarching theme of intentional density for me. Like being intentionally dense, being intentionally obtuse, acting like, what? I can't say that? I can't do that? What? That hurts gay people? Why are they so sensitive? And that then makes me think about Dave Chappelle. So, I'm going to play this clip from Dave Chappelle that recently, Dave Chappelle's uh, comedy special recently released on Netflix. Um, It recently went viral on Twitter. That's where I saw it. And I'm going to play this for y'all. I want to talk a little bit more about people being intentionally dense when it comes to LGBTQ um, violence, language, all of those things. So here's a clip and we'll get back to it. 
nice conversation. She tells me, oh, the sketches are great. I go, oh, fantastic. Well, then, well, then why am I here? She said, because, David, there's no way that you can ever say the word faggot on our network. I didn't know I did anything wrong. I didn't try to defend myself. I said, all right, fuck it. I'll take it out. Have a good afternoon. And as I was leaving, it occurred to me, hey, hey, Renee, quick question. It's just a question. Seriously, I want to know, like, why, why is it, why is it that, that I can say the word nigger with impunity, but I can't say the word faggot? And she said, because, David, you are not gay. I said, well, Renee, I'm not a nigger either. Okay, so... This bothers me so bad. It bothers me like to the nth degree because I feel like it's a thing that a lot of black men do. And I feel like it's a thing that a lot of privileged people do, whether black, whether straight, whatever the privilege that you hold, it's a lot, it's something that a lot of people do acting like acting intentionally dense and acting like you don't understand why your your oppression doesn't carry over and people are like oh his point isn't that he wants to say the f word his point is that he uh wants to he wants to raise the point of why can you say one and not the other and i want to raise the point that you can say nigga because you're black not because you believe that you're a nigger. That's not because you believe that you're a nigger. You can say it because you're black. It's a word that was reclaimed by your community. If you are straight, what you won't be doing is saying any um, anti-gay or anti-LGBTQ slurs because they are not reclaimed by you. At that point, you are an oppressor by using that language, whether it's in a comedy special or in everyday language you are an oppressor by using that language in the same way that a non-black person would be an oppressor to you by using that language because they are not black don't act like you don't know y'all niggas be knowing what you're doing and i hate <laughs> i hate the discourse surrounding this clip right now because there's so many people defending dave chappelle saying that you didn't watch the whole clip and it's like you did all of that. You used this slur so many times to make this weak pun at the end. Get the fuck out of my face. Like, you are an oppressor. You are oppressing gay people. And, and I think what bothers me the most when I see Black people, Black straight people, defend things like this, defend Kevin Hart and Carp, defend Kevin Hart and the, the gnome guy, is that we as a community know what what oppression institutionalized oppression feels like and once y'all get a little bit of privilege y'all want to then enact that on someone else on someone who has an identity that you don't agree with is that not what white people do this because it is it is i'm gonna answer the question it 100 is and y'all know what the fuck y'all be doing and you know because you've experienced it in another way. And it bothers me so, so much because we'll never fully get to a place where we can 
have equity, have equality, fight for civil rights if we have all of this inter-community disarray. And people are not going to agree with me, and that's okay. But I hold true the the statement that if your pro-blackness is exclusionary in any way, it's not pro-black. It's bullshit. It's bullshit to me, and it kills me when it's these social justice warrior type people who, lo and behold, also hate gay people. What? Make, make the things make sense for me because they are not. And I think when you don't call these things out, call them by their name, call them by homophobia and transphobia, you only then begin to normalize these behaviors. These behaviors, you begin to normalize the killing of trans women and not just the killing of trans women, the killing of trans women by black men, their black male partners. And these are things that we've just become too okay with, in my opinion. You should not be comfortable with the fact that gay black people are double, double the oppression experience double the oppression because of that. You shouldn't be comfortable with that. You also should not be comfortable participating in that. You should not be comfortable with trans women dying at the rate that they're black trans women dying at the rate that they're dying. Black trans women not living past 35 when the average life expectancy is around 80. You shouldn't be comfortable with any of these things. And it's so difficult for me to entertain this foolishness because I said it before and I'll say it again, if your pro-blackness is exclusionary, it's not pro-black and it's it's bullshit. I don't I don't agree with that, I don't condone it. And I think it's important to recognize the way that homophobia has intercepted our community, intercepted our values, um, and what that then does for our intra-community relationships. Because we'll never get free. We'll never be liberated. Honestly, the earth's about to die. And I mentioned it before. And I'm going to keep saying it because y'all know it's true. The earth's about to die. But until then, as we fight for equality and justice, we'll never completely have that if we continue to oppress the people that are the most vulnerable in our community. It won't work. It never works. So, like I said... I don't like to complain. Like I said in the first episode, I don't like to complain without action. But I think the biggest action is that y'all need to stop being a bunch of fucking assholes. Y'all really do. Y'all need to stop acting like these people don't exist in our community, that they don't have a place in our community. And y'all also need to start standing up in the face of these oppressions, standing up to people like Kevin Hart and, and Noam Dome. Standing up to people like Dave Chappelle, not supporting the things that they do, because y'all go keep moseying on down and supporting them, and they're going to keep vilifying these people that exist in our community. Be conscious about who you consume, why you consume them, and then find a way to hold them accountable. Honestly, one thing that I always see is that your wallet is your vote. And if I'm going to continue to support Kevin Hart, I'm going to continuously support Dave Chappelle. I don't know who, the, I don't know what Mr. Nomi does, but if I'm going to support him too, I'm going to expect that they align at least a little bit with my values. And I think it's important that you start 
aligning your wallet with your values. Hit these people where it freaking hurts if they are going to continuously hurt the people in your community. And honestly, I do feel like this was a rant. This was me being frustrated at the fact that people are dense like this, that people hurt people like this. You can literally hear and see the uncomfortableness in Lil Nas X's tone and body. And it's hurtful to see, especially as someone who wants to fight and work for liberation for our community. And I challenge you all to make those changes wherever you see them. It can literally be, oh, honestly, niggas. Let me talk to the niggas, uh, the young men out there. I want y'all, if you hear your homeboy say something homophobic, if you hear somebody in your locker room say something homophobic, if you're in the bus, in the bus stop, if you're in the barbershop and you hear it, you see it, you witness it, witness it, being a bystander is just as bad. I need y'all to speak up. I need y'all to use that male privilege that y'all like to have so bad and use it for something productive. Because if not, People are going to keep dying. We're never going to get anywhere. And y'all going to keep getting on my nerves and on my bad side. And I don't want y'all to have that. So, per the usual, thank y'all for tuning in on today's episode. We are 100% going to have more discourse surrounding homophobia in the Black community because it's a topic that never, ever, ever gets old. And feel free to... Follow me on my social media, available on my website, oliviajbrown.com. And the uh, anchor uh, in the show notes, you will also see um, the anchor link for you to send me voice messages. Our next episode is going to be an interesting one. And we're going to talk a little bit about politics. We're going to talk a little bit about the debates that are happening right now. So stay tuned for those. If you have any questions, feel free to contact me using my website, but stay true to that challenge. Don't be a fucking, uh, what did Lil Nas X say in the song Panini? Don't be a weenie and peace out. I'll see y'all later.